I look at women when it comes to sex as a Rubik's Cube. You have to figure this Rubik's Cube out. You don't pick up a Rubik's Cube, go bam, 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 and then the Rubik's Cube is up. Never. Unless you're Will Smith in pursuit of happiness, it's just not happening. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode two of My Love Is, the podcast brought to you by Bumble, the popular dating app where women make the first move. I'm Irene Tiwaye, your host, and we're back again, guys, because you know we need to be focused. I have two amazing guests with me that are ready to talk the ting, so I hope you guys are really ready. Guest number one, stepping up to the mic, is Tanya Compass, an award-winning youth worker, community organizer, and founder of Exist Loudly, a community-based organization set up to provide a safe space and joy for queer Black young people. And I also have Sideman, he's stepping up to the mic too, with me, aka David Whiteley. Sideman is a comedian, broadcaster, curator, and activist. And honestly, he makes some of my favourite cultural analyst videos, like he's so funny. Tanya and David, welcome to the My Love Is podcast. How have you guys been? What you been up to? Give me the gist. <laughs> I've been alright, you know, I've been alright. Spent morning in the gym, and yeah, that's about it really. Yeah, I've been good too. I've been up to nothing like what we're going to be talking about today. (laughs) (laughs) So let's get into it, guys, because you know every week we need to be focused, yeah? Mm -hmm. And this week, this is a very serious, important topic that we're going to be discussing here. Sex and intimacy. Let's get into it, guys. So my first kind of question I think to you guys is, does one equate to the other? To you guys, what is the difference between the two? I think sex and intimacy are two different things. I think you can have sex without intimacy and intimacy can exist without sex as well. So I think they are very different things. I feel like, for example, when I used to sleep with men, there were, I don't think there was any intimacy, whereas now when I sleep with women, I feel intimacy. Um, so I think they are very, very different things um, and different experiences. Obviously, you can have platonic in- intimacy as well as you can have romantic intimacy. So there's all different layers to it. Um, but I do think they're different. Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like intimacy and sex don't have to um, be the same thing. It's great mm-hmm. when they do coalesce, but you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's something that can be separate. It's something that oftentimes might be separate for one per- if one person in a situation when it's not for the other person. So you yeah, two people true. could be engaged in the same experience and one for one it's intimacy and for one it's sex. So I think it's a mindset thing. It's how you go into it thinking about the other person, how you view them, how you view how they treat you, how you mm-hmm. view yourself as well. Yeah. Because a lot of times you have a lot of people that don't go for intimacy because they feel like the other person wouldn't want that. It's what they would want. Yeah. But they don't feel like anybody wants that from them because of their own insecurities or whatever or rejection in the past. There's a lot of layers to you know, the argument of intimacy versus sex and, you know, that whole topic. So how do you kind of differentiate between the two? It's what's in your head, because as I said, it's it's so amazing that two people can have the same experience, but experience it so differently. And I think it's it's what you want going in and what you feel like you deserve. As I said, there's loads of different angles to it, because if you don't feel like you deserve it, then you might not go after it. You might not seek after it. But obviously, you guys know we're living in a new world, new world order, COVID-19, lockdown, um, social bubbles, all of that higgy hagger. Um, Intimacy is like a closeness between people, relationships, Mm -hmm. partners. And I think it's kind of what builds, something that builds over time when you connect with someone, Mm -hmm. when you grow and you care about someone, the feelings, the comfortability, all of that good, cozy feeling. I wanted to kind of shift the conversation onto more intimacy because especially within our community, I feel like this doesn't get touched or talked about enough. How do you guys 
feel like you can create intimacy, especially now in a COVID-19 era where you physically can't, you're not out in the rave, you're not seeing people socially as much as before. You know, there's Bumble, there's online dating now. So how do you create intimacy when you actually can't see each other? I was never trying to create intimacy in the club, but yeah, Tanya, go on. <laughs> he said, not in the club. <laughs> um, I think, I don't know, I think obviously intimacy now, again, when you can't be with your partner all the time or people that you're seeing or whatever it may be, obviously a lot of it has gone online. So that is FaceTimes, that might, whether you Zoom or Skype, I don't know. But you, you know, a partner, I think for me, like my partner, I met obviously like over two years ago now. And when I first met her, it was meant to be just like a little summer fling type thing because she was moving to Mexico. And then, you know, it was like, okay, cool, summer fling, cool, you're going to Mexico. But then when she went there, we carried on talking. And I think when we carried on talking that we actually built this level of intimacy that I've never had beforehand because we couldn't have sex. Like the sex was completely off the cards. And me, I personally, I love sex. So for it to be off the cards completely and for me still not be out here sleeping with other people, must it meant something, you know what I mean? And it meant that we built and we spoke about things that I don't even have like in depth about what we like in bed, about sex, like ex-partners that we slept with and what we liked, what we didn't like what we like to do in jet sex, what toys we like to use, and all these things that I don't think, if we were just having sex and just kind of continuing our relationship normally as it would have been if she was in, in London, like, I don't think we necessarily would have had all these conversations. So when I next linked, like, when I next linked up to her, like, same result, David would say, I like, caught a flight down to New York. We were like, okay, cool. Let's meet halfway. Literally, off a cuff, like, two-day two day little trip. And the sex was the best sex I've had because we communicated so much to that point and built up this level of, like, I want you, you want me, like we know what it is. And when we had it, the sex was amazing because of these conversations. I think it's really important. I think it's almost like people need to take advantage of the fact that like, okay, cool. You can't link up with people in the same manner as you used to beforehand. And actually you really get to know, do you actually like this person? But then do you actually wanna, want them to leave straight away? Or do you want to keep them around for a bit longer? And I think because of, you know, how COVID set up now and how people, you know, social distancing and this stuff, you can't just have like one night flinks in the same way that we used to have them. And again, if you don't, if you never communicate around sex, around what that person likes, so if there's not been this built up level of like desire, I guess, then what is even the point anymore? So I do think there is ways in which you can build up intimacy online. Like me and my girlfriend did it. And it was, and again, it's now reflected our relationship now that she's obviously back in the UK again. But I don't think it would have been the same if she hadn't have left um, to go to Mexico, to be fair. I agree. I think lockdown, if anything, might have helped people to increase their intimacy. Because yeah. of the fact that you can't get together or it put your intimacy to the test. What's your relationship like when you mm. can't see each other as much and the sexual aspect isn't there as much? Like, that's a factor as well. I think both things play a factor. Not only that, I also think it might have tricked people too in the sense that you might have felt intimate with somebody and then as soon as the restrictions start to free up a bit, you, you was back on the streets and you found out <laughs> that's where you belonged. <laughs> back in the jungle, like. Yeah, back in the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, oh my God, I forgot there was other people out here. Do you understand? Because not everybody's willing to talk to you when there's not that possibility of intimacy because then it's like, what's the point? Yeah, you know what I mean? But yeah, I feel like there was a lot of men probably during lockdown that was willing to FaceTime when it was proper lockdown. But then as soon as the restrictions mm. started to, to free up, all of a sudden then the replies start to get faded out. I think there's like three main attributes to intimacy. I feel like there's an emotional element, which is kind of going on what you were saying, Tanya, with your girlfriend and like you guys kind of let your walls down. So there was that real kind of emotional connection. I feel like obviously there's physical, which has been a little bit more restricted during COVID-19 in like, you know, closeness, holding hands, mm. stroking, 
all of that kind of jazz. And then I feel like there's a meeting of the minds, which is more intellectual intimacy. And like, yeah. are you guys actually compatible? How do we connect on a more intellectual level? But I think there's actually one more. And I think and that's spiritual as well, for me anyway. Yeah. Like, especially someone who does believe in God, I feel like there's also like spiritual intimacy in like, okay, can I share my faith with this person? Or mm-hmm. do we have similar attributes? Or can we link on a kind of more deeper level? And I think one thing about that has come out of COVID is that people are, I think now more willing to walk before they run. So invest the time in getting to know, invest the time in like thinking, okay, we're all a lot more precious about our time now. So you don't really want to waste time investing in someone that is not going to really be beneficial. So are there any tips or advice that you guys think that you could give to people to make them feel that they can be closer to their partners outside of sex? Yeah, definitely. Um, especially I, I agree with you on the spiritual thing. Obviously, I'm a spiritual person as well, but and I am a Christian, but I feel like spirituality even goes ahead of that. Like I feel like when you talk about when somebody is like a pessimist or optimist, yeah, that, yeah. that can be a spiritual thing as well. Because I've I've already accepted that I can't be with a pessimist. Yeah. I'm too optimistic for us to both just be like, yeah, life don't work. Things ain't going to pan out. <laughs> I realize that that can really suck energy from you yeah. when you're not like that person. Um, so definitely, I think that's important. But I think one of the tips that I always tell people when it comes to um, <clears throat> allowing somebody to feel free enough to share with you and to share on a different level is to be more intentional with your love and stop looking at a relationship like something that's supposed to be Something that just flows. People really believe in the flow. Oh, don't let me start talking about people that believe so much in the spark. They believe in the spark so much. And your spark be wrong. Your spark be (laughs) off. Your spark be putting bodies on your your list that never needed to get put on. And then you're vexed after. Then you don't even want to count him or her. And I feel like, honestly, you work at a relationship. There are going to be... I wish I had a soundbite here because that one needs to be said louder for the people at the back. You work on your relationship. Yeah, man. There's days when you're not going to feel like talking to the person. You still got to talk to the person on that day. That day is going to feel like employment. That's okay. And your job is to make sure that they don't feel like they know that you feel like it's employment. You get what I'm saying? Like there's a certain aspect of just making your partner feel good, even if you don't feel so hot about the, the process of making them feel good. Like it's not something that you get to put down when you're ready. You chose to be this person's partner, this person's upliftment. And obviously there's going to be days when they might have to pick up the slack for you because you're too mm-hmm. low. But there's some days when it's just that I don't feel like it thing. Like if you're with your girl or you're with your man, yeah, for a good couple of years, every now and again, you surprise her and jump up and walk her to the car when she's going to work. Just do them mm-hmm. little things. Because man be like, man be like, okay, we're past that phase now. No, confuse yeah. her. Like, she'll be confused as I come and walk into your car. She's like, really? It's like baffled because sometimes you got to let them know, listen, this spontaneous thing is never going to die. And mm-hmm. after a while, spontaneity has to be engineered. <laughs> it, has to be yeah. on, it has to be on purpose. So I think that's a good way of helping to make sure that a person feels safe with you and feels free with you, knowing that you're being intentional about how you're loving them, honestly. 
Nah, I think that's spot on. Like, because even it goes about my therapist was saying, obviously, with relationships, like people almost romanticize them to the point that, like, if there's anything bad happens, that must mean you must break up now. Like, you've had an argument, we're gonna break up, but this is not the person for me. But it's like no relationship, whether platonic, romantic, familial, ever exists without any arguments. And if you're gonna like throw away, throw away the relationship based off of one argument, then you yourself are not ready to be in a relationship. Like, as Dave was saying, it involves you having to communicate through the good stuff, hard stuff, etc., and always remind yourself and be intentional of the fact that you have to go through this difficult conversation conversations because it will for the betterment of your relationship you know what I mean and there are going to be things you're going to disagree upon like you're two separate people who have grown up completely separately with different lived experiences so you can't expect just because you're in love now that you're suddenly going to agree on everything that's not that's that's not realistic and I think even going on in terms of like things that you can do to get to know your partner better and build intimacy there's this like questions that you can find on google I think it's google it's like 99 questions for your answer you and your partner and it's like mad it goes from everything from like past childhood experiences to like what you like and questions are asked in really random orders but like it's pre- i think they've got a whole youtube series on it as well where people go through these questions and the point of it is that it makes you closer and, it, and i think scientifically proven that these these questions make you closer so even me and my girlfriend on a holiday we just every night we go through like 20 questions every night just go through 20 questions and it's actually a really really cute thing because obviously we've been together for like two and a half years now but there were still questions that we that that and things we never explored with each other, and I think that's also one of the most exciting things about being in a relationship is that it's always more that you can find out about that person. And if it and again, sometimes you have to engineer it. Sometimes it means going on Google and finding a list of questions for you to ask your partner, and knowing that that those things exist because again, like relationships aren't just because you got spark or just because you might have, you know love at first sight and all this stuff doesn't mean that it, you don't have to work on it. Like relationships take work. Relationships are hard work like I feel like looking back at past relationships at the first like inconvenience I'm like nah fuck it back to the streets like <laughs> but now this is the first time I've really been like this is the longest relationship I've been in like every time everyone's like oh Tanya you're cold-hearted this and that but really I just don't think I was ready for the relationship because I didn't want to communicate through the hard stuff and I think without being able to do that you're never going to be able to have a long-term relationship or a fulfilling relationship because Every every relationship exists like again with the balance of the good and the bad and the hard and the easy stuff and it has to be, you have to be committed to going through that hard part to enjoy like the sweet sweet love and the great sex that you'll get at the end of it. On the kind of topic of sex, I really want to talk about kind of being sexually compatible with your partner because I don't feel like we talk about this enough. I saw a crazy meme the other day and I think it said something like, "If your partner is." bad at sex and you don't tell them you're responsible for generations of bad sex but what happens when the sex isn't great like how do you tell your partner like what do you do as i feel like we don't talk about this enough uh, you don't even want me to talk about this topic you know talk about go it go on go on i, I know you're going to release the gist no, i know I'll, you're going to expose I'll, the gist i'll, I'll let you Give start it. i'll let you start I'll, tanya oh you let me start all right i feel like i don't know i think that when it comes to sex i feel like you have to and especially bad sex, you have to be able to communicate to the partner, like, okay, cool, this is what I like, this is what I don't like. And I think, again, as you said, the whole, like, if you don't tell that partner, then essentially you're going to create this generations of shit sex because this, this person's going to think, yeah, like, I'm going in. Like, sex does require you to communicate about what you like and what you don't like. And what, what one partner or ex-partner may have liked doesn't mean your new current partner will like it. If you see your other partner is enjoying what they're doing to you, you might be like, oh, I don't want to tell them. Otherwise, you know, they might think that, like, even if I don't like it, I don't want to tell them because they look like they're enjoying it. But it's like, sex is about two people both having pleasure. And for me personally, like, if I see my partner, like, gets pleasure at something, I personally will get pleasure at that myself. So I'm like, I want to see you enjoy what I'm doing to you, not me doing it for my own ego type thing. But I think... Particularly, again, when it comes to with different genders and stuff, I do think a lot of, like, cis heterosexual men are less likely to take, like, critique 
on sex and they'll kind of their masculinity and everything will get hurt because they're thinking ah nah like what do you mean everyone else has liked it beforehand and I'm like well nobody else has told you the truth so what really is it <laughs> David your go what do you think yeah I feel like I think a lot of things on this um I think the media has caused this in great degree simply because um sex is misrepresented on television in pornography in loads of different things. You watch a romantic comedy, which is actually my favorite genre of movie. The guy, the guy ends up getting with the girl at some point, and then they have a fantastic night, their first time, and it all was lovely. And it's like, no, that's not realistic. <laughs> it takes sometimes decades to understand somebody's body and what they want and what they don't want, not even just because it takes so long, because at first they might not even be comfortable to tell you. If I'm into some stuff that you might be, you might consider we, it might even be the most standard. I might like kissing neckbacks, right? Now I don't know if I'm ready for you to know I'm a neckback kisser. I don't know if I don't know if you're ready for I don't know if you're ready for that. So I'm not until we're deep in. Until maybe I feel like you love me and won't leave me. <laughs> I'm not comfortable to even share that with you. So that's the representation of sex on the media. And, you know, few people they just get it on and it was great for both. And that's the representation that you have on, in the media. Of course, people are going to think that. And, you know, you have a lot of men with fragile egos that just cannot live in the world where you didn't do the greatest job on earth and there's things that you can improve on. But I think that we've got to come out of that now. I think that's toxic masculinity to be like that, to not want to hear and have feedback and to grow and improve. I think for a lot of girls, that might even turn them on. Your willingness to be like, you know what, well, what do you like? But then at the same time, there's some girls that hate that you have to ask. And would wish that you would just know because asking and finding out makes it awkward. I I put it like this, yeah. When it comes to sex, yeah. Just speaking from a male point of view towards dealing with women, yeah. I look at women when it comes to sex as a Rubik's Cube. You have to figure this Rubik's Cube out. You don't pick up a Rubik's Cube, go bam, bam, bam. And then the Rubik's Cube is up. never. Unless you're Will Smith in Pursuit of Happiness, it's just not happening. <laughs> so I think it takes time. That being said, I feel like there's a misconception that men are just having great sex all the time and we're not. And I don't know many men that have ever told a woman how they actually felt about a sexual encounter. I don't know many men that have ever because in our minds, I came, I arrived to the destination, but there were <laughs> quicker routes. There were, there, I was stuck in traffic for a while. Like, do you get what I'm saying? I'm telling you the honest truth right now. I am not comfortable, right, until I develop some serious emotional stock with a person to just out and be like, yeah, you know what? The WAP was a dap. I'm not, I'm not cool to tell somebody <laughs> that. Do you get what I'm saying? I agree with you on the Rubik's Cube comment. I agree that every person is their own Rubik's Cube. So the sex with each person does need to be figured. You have to basically figure out your combination with that person. And I do believe that it is a two-way conversation, but I do feel like confidence does play a big part in it as well, in you within yourself feeling confident that you're in a space where I can actually, at one, I know what I like, and two, I'm confident within that to know that I can voice what I like and my partner's in a space where he can receive it. So I completely agree with some of the comments that you guys made. A question that I would like to put to you is, do you guys feel like you should or would leave someone if the sex wasn't good? I think I, I think for me, sex is so important for me personally. So like, it, and it is such a big part of being in a relationship with somebody, a big part of how I feel connected with somebody. So 
I do think it definitely would play a part. I'm not going to lie. I think that sex, I think for some people be like, oh, it's not all about sex, but I do think sex is a massive part of romantic relationships. So personally, it wouldn't necessarily be like, oh, we're just going to leave it, that like we have one shit sex and then suddenly now I'm going to I'm gonna leave the person. It's actually, no, nah, let's try and work through it. But it might be a thing where you're not compatible with that person. And then it's actually you both having to be like, listen, this is not working for whatever reason it's not working. And then you can leave. Like, I think for me, it is a massive part of, like, I love sex. I, but I love it. So and it's an important part of it. So I do think if I was in a position where where we weren't compatible, it would have to be definitely a discussion about is there any longevity in our relationship or vice versa? Is there ways in which you have to explore different means of relationship, whether that's polyamory or open relationships and stuff? Me personally, monogamous, so that's not for me. So therefore my partner has to, we have to be compatible. But for other people, they can explore obviously other realms of relationships if they're not being completely satisfied by just the one partner. See, I'm literally the complete opposite. But I did that. To, yeah, I did that to myself though. Like when I was younger, as I said, romantic comedies, my favorite type of movies. And when I was younger, I used to watch romantic comedies and the guys used to get on my nerves because the plot of every romantic comedy that I used to watch back in the day was he loves her or he likes her, but then he messes it up by getting with this other girl. And I hadn't had sex when I started watching romantic comedies. So I'm like, but you like that one? Watch this sex thing that it's controlling you this much. And I made up in my mind when I was younger that I would never let it control me the way I see it control a lot of men. I see men get up, full up a petrol, full up a tank of petrol and do motorway miles, motorway missions, take flights for situations they ain't even know emotional connection. And I'm like, yo, yeah. this really runs your day, doesn't it? And I didn't want that to be the case for me. And I think I messed my mind up because I've been like that ever since. Like for me, sex isn't that important to me. Mm -hmm. I would literally accept mediocre sex from somebody for the rest of my life, honestly. Because I'm going to get there. I'll, oh, I'm going I'm to arrive. Okay? <laughs> I will arrive. How... Now, you can arrive in style or you can arrive, you know what I mean, in an escort, but it doesn't matter. I got there. The point is, is that for me, it's so important, the compatibility that I have with a person in mm. terms of the other aspects, simply because I can't speak to other men's experiences yet, but I genuinely used to think that sex was so much more to men than it was to women. But I don't know anymore, man. I don't know anymore. <laughs> I feel like once you get a girl comfortable enough, right, you might be more tired than her. 90% of the time. Facts. Honestly, honestly. So at the end of the day, sometimes whenever I've been sexually active, I might be good for a good two, three, four days after that. I might be mm -hmm. blessed. But then I have to still be beside this person after that. Do I want to be beside you? After we've arrived, do I want to be here? And there's nothing worse than, than that instant feeling of, ah, oh, I want you to get out. Immediately after... I don't know what it is that's wrong with men, but it's like we don't even know prior to that we were going to feel like that. But it's like yeah. as soon as you reach, it's like, she's still here. Like, I don't want to feel like that. I don't want to feel like that about somebody. And I feel like the only way for me to not feel like that is for me to have a really deep emotional connection with the person. Do you feel that sometimes intimacy and sex are bridged between lust and desire? occasionally because from what you're saying david it's almost as if like i know that ugh, feeling that you're talking about <laughs> but but then do you not feel like that is a lust or desire rather than it being yeah. about sex or intimacy lust is one of the biggest jedi tricks that you could ever play on yourself 
Because I swear, sometimes, yeah, like, I'm not a liar like that in it. So I'm not, I'm not sympathizing with liars or anything like that yet. But sometimes that, that blood that goes to wherever it goes to be telling you, it be telling you, you love her. And you're like, listen, man, relax. I don't, if you've got a logical enough mind, but sometimes that adrenaline, that lust can make you feel like you feel ways that you don't. It can make you promise things you don't mean, say things you don't mean. Mm -hmm. And by the time you realize after it's too late and you've hurt somebody's feelings, right? This is why it's not good to just go with your gut feeling all the time. Sometimes, you know, mull it over. Do you get what I mean? How many people have we heard say that they thought they were in love when they were in the situation, but then when they got out mm -hmm. of it and looked back at it after, they weren't? It's a complicated thing because the mind and the body are interlinked. Our mind sends signals to our body based on what our body is feeling, right? If we get, if we, if we get a, a hit, right, and we feel that pain, it sends a signal to our mind that we have pain. So the communication between mind and body sometimes, I feel like sometimes we get our wires crossed and there you have lust, there you have desire being mastered something that it isn't. And then that's where you have feelings being hurt. <sighs> wow. You guys are dropping bombs when it comes to sex. <laughs> bombs. We were all part of the Bumble Black Lovers campaign. And I think mm -hmm. one thing that really stood out about that and some of the feedback that I've got from that campaign is just as black people talking about sex, talking about taboos, openly having a safe space where we can ignite some of those conversations. I really want to get into it about, you know, some of the taboos that surround sex. Us, Tanya, as black women, you know, sometimes I think culturally, you know, we all sometimes haven't been raised in that it's a safe space for us to openly talk about sex yeah. or be confident enough to talk about sex. I don't think we do it enough in our community. I definitely feel like there's a space that we need to feel like we are confident, but I'm going to throw a spanner in the works. I feel like that's also maybe to do with representation, similar yeah. to what David said earlier in the conversation. So what are some of the taboos that you guys think surround us as black women, black men around the taboo of sex and intimacy? And what are some of the conversations that we should openly feel confident to speak about? I think there's so many taboos. I think, again, where I was like, I was dating men and sleeping with men solely up until like 23. So my, my experience of sleeping with men was just so, so, so different. Because it's just like, I think that as women, you internalise so much like misogyny, you internalise a lot of slut shaming for yourself. And again, the whole idea of sexual liberation, it, it exists on two ends of the scale. Those who choose celibacy and those who not. Like, I've been celibate. I've done celibacy. And I think that was really important for me to realise what I actually like when it comes to sex and actually learn, again, what do I like? If you don't know how to please yourself, how are you going to communicate to somebody else what you like in sex? And I think, again, going back into, like, taboos specifically around like the queer community like for for at least with women anyway i'm this one girl she was like oh get your strap and in my head i'm thinking like i'm the one that gets strapped so you're looking at me thinking i'm gonna do that because of how i present but it's because you're assuming what i like based upon how i present and i think again there's some masculine presenting women who still hold on to that toxic masculinity that you see in like cis heterosexual men that don't want to say that they like to be touched because they want to hold on to this dominance that they feel like this dominance is so closely linked with you being the one that gives the pleasure versus you receiving pleasure. Taboos can only be broken when you speak about it. And the more that you speak about it, it may spark somebody in something and somebody to be like, oh, actually, I want to explore this now. And this is something that I want to explore. And I think that, I think now with social media, and you know, you see people like Aloni who are out here talking about sex freely and openly and empowering other people to be like, nah, let me actually talk about sex. And I feel like I see with young people now, the way they talk about sex is worlds apart there's parts within it where we still need to broach these conversations and have them openly because i don't think until you really broach the taboos or the stigmas that you hold yourself when it comes to sex will you ever really be able to understand what good sex looks like to you like you need to be able to talk about it because otherwise you're, you're just stifling yourself 
and you're not helping anyone by not finding out what you want. And I think that's what it comes about down to. What is it that you want? And finding a partner that also wants the same shit that you want. Um, but people don't want to talk about it. But I think there's so many taboos and I think a lot of it does come down to breaking a stigma of shame around sex and about exploring and saying what you want in sex but hopefully again with more conversations like this people will start getting more used to it yeah I agree I, I agree the co- more conversations definitely need to happen because what you have when conversations don't happen is people learning on the job and that can be so dangerous it can be so dangerous it can be so soul destroying if you're not having those conversations with anybody as you as, as you said it's like you could be putting up with something that you don't even like for years simply because those conversations aren't being had. So what dating advice would you both give to help people feel confident when navigating through sex and intimacy when dating? You can't win if you don't play, right? The game of love, you lose the second that you give up. And I see people give up and then all giving up does because no one ever really gives up, right? They let situations happen to them. Situations come and find them because they weren't intentional with how they were going about the game of love. And um, the issue with that is that you just end up getting hurt when you're not intentional. You end up getting hurt. Some people do not have the emotional endurance and stamina to find the right person. So they settle with any old waste man or waste girl, yeah. Because they literally lack the emotional stamina. It takes stamina to get your heart broken again and again and waste your time again. And again, but it better you lock off certain now and get the right thing than spend a decade, two decades with the wrong person. Waste your time with the wrong person. People need emotional intelligence. I, don't, I feel like you need emotional intelligence to be able to, again, date, to have sex, to be in a relationship requires emotional intelligence. And I think that a lot of people place so much value on being in a relationship or dating somebody. So therefore they'll jump from one relationship to another relationship to another relationship because they feel like the only way they can become fulfilled is if they're dating somebody else. Learn to step, spend time by yourself. Literally take time for yourself. Because when you do that, then what are you really looking for? Like, what is the benefit of being with somebody else? Like, for me, I look at relationships in the sense of, can this person add to my life? My life will still exist and my life will still be whole with or without my partner. But my partner adds to my life so much that, for me, this is it. But your, I your think partner that, needs to be Sky Plus. You already got Sky. Literally, I've already got Sky. Look, even Sky, Sky Q. Yeah. Even Sky Q. <laughs> Yeah, they always say anything like your tank should always be on empty. I mean, should always be on full. Like you shouldn't like when you're out of a relationship, be on empty. And then like when you meet someone, then your tank's on full. No, your tank should always be on full. And then when you meet someone, it's like your petrol's running over. The tank's That's it. overflowing. And it's a, That's it. it's a lying full as well. It's like when, you, when you're having a chewing gum. You're chewing so you feel like you're eating, but you're realizing your belly's not full. <laughs> So we'd, sometimes you're with somebody and you feel like you're full, but it's a faithful and you wonder, why do I feel so empty inside? Wait. Yeah. <laughs> so last, last, guys, let's round it up. So we all know that Bumble is about encouraging women to make the first move. How would you guys either like to be approached or would you be intimidated by women making the first move? Obviously, this is me talking from someone in relationship. So let's say, hypothetically, if I was single, um, I would say... For me, like I like it when women, when women approach me personally. Like my girlfriend approached me. Like it, it for me, I think it's sexy. I'm thinking, oh, like you're choosing me. Like oh, I think it's really, really sexy, and it just shows a level of confidence that I want in a partner anyway. It's when somebody kind of moves to me, and I think that it's the same thing when it comes on to dating apps and stuff. You can have conversations for years, but who's gonna make the move to be like, boom? Like who's gonna shoot their shot and be like, let's meet up? Because you can you can stay online for so long without actually it 
translating into an in-person kind of interaction. So I feel like, yeah, you have to do it. And I think on the vice versa for myself, I met my girlfriend at a club and I literally told her, I was like, I'm going to take you on a date. And she thought I was chatting shit. And I was like, I'm going to take you on a date. And the next thing you know, I sent her the link to some tickets to the event I was taking her to. And that was that. I thought we were going to be like a summer fling. And I was just like, I'm going to show you what it's like to be loved properly. That was it. And she, and she was speaking, oh, she's talking all this big shit. But I proved myself right. Like, you know it. And I think you just have to come move with confidence and know, like, know your source. And know, and know that. And I think when you move that confidence, whether it comes to you either being moved to or vice versa, you moving to someone, you just have to do it. Because if not, somebody else will do it. And next thing you know, you've missed out on, you could miss out on your babe. So you just have to do it. I mean, listen, man. It is very flattering being approached by a girl. Like, I can't lie to you. After years in the friend zone that I suffered in school, I'm just being honest with you. I'm not going to lie. I've even got it backwards. I would love to sit here and tell you that I love it when a girl compliments my mind or how articulate they may see me as. But I love it when somebody's just like, yo, I think you're attractive. I'm being honest, bro. Like, I've got it backwards, bro. Years of trauma has left me just loving that. If you come out of the gate just saying to me, listen, I like how you look. I'm like, swear down. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> oh, I swear down. Both gas me the intelligence as well. If you if you if you comment on my intelligence as well. But I, I really do like somebody that is brave enough to compliment. You know what I mean? Not just say, okay, would you like to go out or rare, 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 blah? Like I like that. Too many gems. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining me. Like, I've really enjoyed talking to you guys, exploring this topic further. I think, again, like I said earlier, I think it's really important, especially within the black community, that we feel like we have a safe space where we can talk responsibly about sex and intimacy. Thank you guys for listening. If you want to find out more, you can click on the hashtag MyLoveIsBlackLove. Follow at Bumble underscore UK to keep up with us. Tune in for next week's episode out every Thursday on iTunes and Spotify. Download Bumble. Make sure you make the best move and try out some of the tips that Tanya and David gave you today. Thank you guys for being with us. We appreciate you. Thank you for allowing us to talk about sex and intimacy in a responsible way. Till next time, guys. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye.